This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Luke chapter 5 has been our foundation scripture, verse 12 and 13. And it, it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and he implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and he touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed and immediately the leprosy left. So Jesus, Hebrews 13, 8 says that he is the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forever, right? And so Jesus was saying that I am willing, which was the answer to the question, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And the word answered the question, I am willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. And Jesus is saying the same thing today, that I am Willing, I'm willing. No matter, uh, no matter what we're facing in life, no matter what the doctor's report is, his answer is always, I am willing. And we've been going over 30 different reasons from the Bible, from the Bible, say the Bible, from the Bible, why we know it is God's will to heal. And I know some people say, well, I, I don't really believe that, or I don't... Uh, think that that's the case, will then ask them to give you 30 reasons from the Bible why it's not God's will to heal. Because they won't be able to find it. Amen? Amen. If you haven't been with us, here's some of the reasons. Or we're, we're on reason number 24, God's will to heal. And the reason is because He's promised us long life. But here, here's what we've covered so far. Reason number one, God's Word is His medicine. Number two, a strong spirit will sustain us. Number three, the original creation. Number four, God's will in heaven. Number five, the origin of sickness. Number six, sickness is of the devil. Number seven, covenant of healing. Number eight, eternal names of God. Number nine, it is a curse. Number ten, types of redemption. Number eleven, redemption itself. Number twelve, first fruits of our eternal inheritance. Number thirteen, eternal fatherhood of God. 14, it is the children's bread. 15, the mercy of God. 16, we have authority over sickness and disease. Amen? 17, the ministry of Jesus. He spent a lot of his time ministering to the sick, didn't he? Number 18, laying on of hands. Number 19, the good shepherd. Number 20, healing in the acts. Number 21, signs, wonders, and gifts of healing. 22, prayers for healing. 23, the all-inclusive promises of God. And reason number 24 is that He has promised us long life. Not short life, but long life. Amen. Go with me to Psalms 91. Now we are just going to prove this out by the Word of God tonight. He promises me long life. Say, He promises me long life. Now in Psalms 91, we're going to read verse 1, and we're going to go down to verses 14 through 16. But verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, say the Most High, High. shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Say the Almighty. Almighty. In the Amplified, it said, Whose power no foe can withstand. Verse 14, in the Amplified translation, it says, Because He has set His love upon me. Therefore... Will I deliver him? I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. He has a personal knowledge of my mercy, my love, my kindness. And he trusts and relies on me knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. In other words, this is a faith person. Right? The Bible says whenever we love God, we do his word. Correct? We are doers of the Word of God. This is a faith person that he is referring to here that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Verse 15, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. I will be with him in trouble. I will be with him in trouble. And I will deliver him and honor him. Verse 16, with long life. Say long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation with long life, not short life, 
Long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation with long life, with long life, with long life, with long life, with long life will I satisfy. The word satisfy means more than enough. The word satisfy means fulfillment of any need or want. The word satisfy means enough. God says, I will satisfy you with long life. And that just isn't talking about um, the span of life, which it is, but he's also talking about a quality of life. That I will satisfy, I will fulfill, I will supply, I, I will satisfy with long life, with long life, I will satisfy us, he will satisfy us and show us salvation. Salvation, you know, it, it means soundness, it means prosperity, it means healing, it means the character and nature of God, it means the goodness of God. Remember what Moses uh, told the Lord, he said, Lord, show me your goodness. And God hit him in the cliff and he put his hand upon him and the goodness of God passed by. Show, show me your ways that I may know you. Show me your salvation. God, show me. What are we saying whenever God promises, I'm going to show you long life, but I'm going to show you salvation. I'm going to show you. In other words, I'm going to manifest healing. I'm going to manifest soundness. I'm going to manifest. Now, this is the end of Psalms 91. So it means that this person, this faith person, that no evil comes near their dwelling. Right, right. That a thousand may fall at their side, ten thousand at their right hand, but it shall not come near us. Amen. That this is a person that no matter what trouble they faced, that they've overcome. That no matter what circumstance they faith, they know face, that they know that faith is the victory that overcomes the world, right? They know that whenever they apply the word and say the word and do the word and thank the word and live the word, that the just shall live by faith, that God watches over his word to perform it. This is a person who isn't playing church. This is a person who is abiding, living continually in the presence of God, in the word of God. And he says, this is the person that I'm going to show long life, not short life. It's my will for long life. And I will show, I will manifest, I will reveal salvation. Long life and salvation, long life and salvation. So whenever the Bible says long, what does that look like in the Bible? Go with me to 2 Peter. We're just going to answer some questions with the Word of God, right? 2 Peter chapter 3. Say, God promises me long life. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, in the New King James, it says, Beloved, do not forget or don't be ignorant this one thing that with the Lord one day is a thousand years. One day is a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. Beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is a thousand years. In other words, this is God's perspective. One day with God is like a thousand years with us. One day, a thousand years is like a day. Now, now go back with me. I should have told you to hold your place. I apologize. Psalms 90. Come on. Psalms 90. Good. Long life. With long life will I satisfy them and show them my salvation with long life. That's us. Long life. That's what my life looks like. Long life. Long life. See, I'm speaking to finishers tonight. I'm speaking to finishers. Long life. Why do you need long life? We'll answer that as we go along. Psalms 90. <laughs> Verses 7 through 10 and I'll just read this out of the Amplified. Now, this is revealing. We're answering the question, what does long life look like in the Bible? And we see that to God, one day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is as one day. Correct? Psalms 90, verses 7 through 10. It says, For we, the Israelites in the wilderness, are consumed by your anger. And by your wrath are we troubled, overwhelmed, and frightened away. Our iniquities, our secret heart, and its sin, which we would so like to conceal even from ourselves, you have said in the revealing light of your countenance. For all our days out here in the wilderness, says Moses, pass away in your wrath, and we spend our years as a tale that is told. 
For we adults know we are doomed to die soon without reaching Canaan. The days of our years are three scores and ten or seventy years, or even if by reason of strength, four score years, eighty years. So we see that right here, and, you, you, and we've all heard people say, okay, a, a full life, long life is seventy to eighty years of age. Has anybody ever heard that before? Now, this is talking about people who are disobedient. Numbers chapter 14, you can read it in your own time. This is whenever God is referring to the children of Israel. And He says, okay, because of your complaining and your murmuring and your disobedience, all of you from the age of 20 up, you're not going to make it into the promised land. I'm going to take 20 and below. I'm going to take them into the promised land. And He said, every day that you went to scout out the land, that's going to be a year that you're going to be in the wilderness. But from 20 and up, you're not making it. So he says you're going to live to about, be about 70 and 80. By the time you live out your 40 years in the wilderness, you're going to be about 70 or you're going to be about 80. Does that make sense? Okay. So now let's go to Genesis chapter 6. We're answering the question, what does long life look like? 70 and 80? Now, now as we continue to go through this right here and answering these questions, it says, with long life, I will satisfy. Okay, we're going to see what the target date is or what the number that the Bible gives us. But it also says, with long life, I will satisfy. So satisfaction in your life is very important. When you're satisfied, I know Brother Hagin used to always say, you know, live until you're satisfied. And he said, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to live until I'm satisfied, and then I'm going to have a big breakfast, and then I'm going to go home. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. He lived until he was satisfied, until he had run his course. And he was eating breakfast, and he looked over at his wife, and he ate a bite of strawberry, and he put his head on his chest, and he went home to be with the Lord because he was satisfied. That's a satisfied life. Satisfaction, remember, means a fullness. It means enough. Satisfied. Are you satisfied? Satisfied means have you accomplished everything that God has placed in your heart? Have you ran your race? Have you finished? Remember, I'm talking to finishers tonight. Satisfied means are you full? Have you started that business? Have you fulfilled that desire? Have you accomplished what God has put you on this earth to accomplish? Are you satisfied? Have you finished? 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 Not started. Not started, but finished. Anybody can start, but we're finishers. Jesus is the author, the beginner, and the finisher of our faith. We're finishers, right? You're a finisher. You've got to have a finishing mindset. Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 4, I have finished the work that you have put me on this earth to do. Jesus had a finishing mindset. Paul had a finishing mindset. You and I have a finishing mindset. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish, but are you just treading water? Are you just going through the motions of life? Are you just buying time? Because, see, people have an interesting concept about death. They, they think, okay, if my time is up, then my time is up. Like we're waiting on a number in heaven. Number 38, number 38. Uh, out of here. <laughs> right? One billion nine hundred and uh, uh, oh, 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 no, no, not, not yet. That's tomorrow. But he says, okay, with long life, will I satisfy you? Are you satisfied? Have you finished? Have you completed? Have you put your car in neutral or is it still in drive with the mindset, I'm going to finish every single thing I'm created to do. I'm going to go everywhere I'm created to go. I'm going to become everything I'm created to become. I have a finishing mindset daily. Daily. Because sometimes we can look at the big picture of things and keep such a big picture mindset that we live with a tomorrow mindset. T tomorrow I'll do this, and tomorrow I'll become, and tomorrow, and tomorrow, and the life lived for tomorrow never becomes a reality. But a finishing mindset today, I'm going to... Because, see, we have faith for today. 
Not for tomorrow, yet we have faith for today. We have grace for today to live today. We have mercy for today, right? We have word for today. We have sufficiency for today. For today, it's built in all the endurance and all the strength and all the grace and all his super on our natural for us to finish today. And if I live with a finishing mindset today and a finishing mindset tomorrow and a finishing mindset the next day, one guy said, you've got to wake up with determination in order to go to bed with satisfaction. But I'm determined to run my race today. I'm determined to develop my gifts and strengths and vision and purpose today. Remember, you're a finisher. Say, I'm a finisher. finisher. Where did I tell you to go? Genesis 6. That's where we're at. Genesis 6. Answering the question, what does long life look like? Now, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. Genesis 6, verse 3. And it says, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. So right here he says once again, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Why would God make... Man's days 120 years because over here in Genesis chapter 5 and in verse 5, you see Adam lived 930 years. In verse 8, you see Seth lived 912 years. And in verse 11, Enosh lived 905 years. Verse 14, Kenan lived 910 years. Verse 17, Mahalil lived, well, he didn't make it very far. He only made it 895 years. (laughs) Bless his heart. So Jared, Jared lived 962 years. Verse 23, Enoch lived 365 years. I, I like Enoch. Enoch means in itself dedicated, that he habitually fellowshiped with God to the point that he was and then he wasn't, the Bible said. And I, and I think it's interesting that he lived 365 years, God revealing his desire that he wants us to be dedicated on a daily basis. There's 365 year, days in the year that if we live in habitual fellowship, we will be here, but then we won't be there this time next year. We will go from to, right? We will go from glory to glory. Are you with me? Verse 27, Methuselah. You've heard the saying, boy, he's older than Methuselah. You heard the saying? 969 years. So if you see them living this long over here, why would he say their numbers are going to be 120. Go to verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6. Why did he shorten the lifespan? Verse 5, the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I want to read it again. Why did he shorten the years to 120? The wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So you see... The reason he shortened it is because of man. Because you and I, we know men that have lived 40 and 50 years and they've done some evil stuff, right? They've made an evil mark on the earth. Well, what if that same man lived 900 to 1,000 years? So God says, okay, I'm going to shorten the lifespan to 120 because you tell Methuselah that's 969 years old that Jim Bob died at 120, he would think, He's just a kid. Just a kid. Right? That'd be like us, a 90-year-old today is saying a 10-year-old went to be with the Lord. So it's just not right. Because God promises us long life. So you see, after the flood, now Noah himself lived 950 years, but after Noah, he was the last one who lived that long, and you see that the lifespan go from Noah at 950 to 500 to 400 to 300. Abraham's dad lived 205 down to 120. Why? Because God was shortening the lifespan of man because of the evilness of mankind. But 120 for you and I, that's long life. That's long life. Now the devil's a liar. And, and, and whenever we read stuff like this or we hear stuff like this... 
it's, oh, people don't live that long anymore. But 2005, there was 55,000 people that lived just in the U.S. that were over 100 years old, projected that 2050, there'd be 830,000 people that lived over 100 years old. Now, the lifespan in 1800s was 45 years old. In Europe, it was 35 years old. And today, lifespan for men is 78, and women, it's 82 on average, but we're not average, are we? God promises us a long life, and He will show us His salvation, right? So, so you see um, that the devil lies to people and makes them think that people don't live that long any longer. But there's over you know, 500,000 around the world that are over 100 years old. And you and I are going to live long and strong. Amen. Amen. We're going to live long and we're going to live strong. Now, remember, to the Lord's perspective, a thousand years is like a day. So if, if our time span is 120 years, that's just a couple hours. And people get talked out of their couple of hours every day. They get talked out of their minutes every day. Don't you get talked out of your time. Don't you get talked out of your assignment. Don't you get talked out of your purpose. Remember, you're a finisher. You're not just a starter. You're a finisher. You have the DNA of Almighty God on the inside of you, and you're designed to finish. You're not designed just to start and quit in the middle when it gets hard. You're designed to finish. Designed to finish. Say, I'm designed to finish. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. A lot of people... When you talk about life and you talk about dying, some people are scared, but not this church. We're not afraid of death. We are not afraid of death, right? So you see in verse 14, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Let's, we'll just read 15 for, for time's sake. And it says that through death... He might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Release those who through fear of death. There's no reason for us to be afraid of death. If we're born again children of God, there's no reason for you to be afraid of death. If you're going through a struggle or pressure, whatever it is, go to the end of it. If you do die, the, the worst thing is you're going to go be with the Lord, and that's not a worst thing. That's the best thing, right? So there's no reason to be afraid of death. It's just, you know, a lot of times we've had several people that we've known this week. They've gone on to be with the Lord, and it's not, you don't, you hear people say all the time, well, I apologize, you lost so-and-so. Well, they're not lost. They just changed location. It isn't bye-bye. It's just, I'll see you later. Right? It's just like whenever a person moves from Texas to California, and you don't say, well, I apologize, you lost them. I didn't lose them. I know exactly where they're at. Right? So if you're... Your family member, your friends, if, they're, if they've gone to heaven, they've moved locations, you haven't lost them. It's just you'll see them later. They've moved locations. And so there's no, there's no reason for you and I to be afraid of death. Remember, oh, death, where is your sting? It has no victory in our life. Death does not have victory if you're a born-again child of God. Amen. 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 Go with me to Philippians chapter 1. Long life. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him... My salvation with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation with long life. Long life. Not short life, long life. Amen. Long life. Say, God wants me to have long life. Now, Philippians chapter 1. Now, you see how Paul here, he begins to answer some questions here. In verse um, 19, or what is start in verse 20. It says, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, 
Christ translated as the anointed one and his anointing, right? That the anointed one and his anointing is glorified in my body, whether by life or by death. Now notice this, you can, he goes into a conversation that he's letting us in on right here. It says, for to me, to live is Christ. It's, it's, it's the anointed one and his anointing, and to die is gain. To die is what? Gain. Scary? No. To die is gain. Paul says right here, verse 24, to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain, verse 22, but if I live on in the flesh. If, he's saying, if I decide to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. What I shall choose, in other words, he's saying, I've, I've got to make a decision here. This isn't necessarily up to God, it's, it's up to me. I've got to make a decision. He says, if I live on in the flesh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to glorify God by the anointing upon my life and in my life. He said, and what's going to happen if I choose to stay here? I'm going to produce fruit. What is fruit? Fruit is excess life. There's so much life running through him and in him that it has to go somewhere. And he says, if I choose to stay, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be fruit. See, if the devil can't stop you from accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he just wants you out of here. If you're going to go to heaven, he just wants you to go. Why? Because if you stay here, you're supposed to influence. You're supposed to make a difference. You're supposed to be a light. You're supposed to shine. You're supposed to possess the land. You're supposed to become. You're supposed to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. So Paul says, if I stay, you know what's going to happen? Fruit. What's going to happen? Excess life. What's going to happen? I'm going to kick the crud out of some devils. What's going to happen? I'm going to overcome. What's going to happen? I'm going to conquer. What's going to happen? I'm going to win. What's going to happen? I'm going to triumph. That's what's going to happen if I choose. If I choose. Hmm. But I don't know what I'm going to choose at this moment, he says. I could do that. But man, if I choose to go on, <laughs> it's gain. It's gain. Verse 22, we'll go ahead and read this. Verse 23, I mean. He says, for I'm, I'm hard-pressed between the two. I'm hard-pressed between the two. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, far better. Say far better. Far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Hmm. Verse 25, you see, he makes his decision. And being confident of this, being confident of what? Being confident that if he chooses to live in the flesh, it's more needful for you. In the Amplified, he says, it's more needful and essential for your sake. And he goes on in verse 25, and he says, since I am convinced of this, I know that I shall remain and stay by you all to promote your progress and joy in believing. He says, since I, he, so you can see him kind of going back and forth here. He says, if I choose to live, I'm going to produce fruit, but whew, it's far better. <laughs> it's far better, but then he comes down and he looks at us and he looks at the people. You talk about love. And he says, I can see it is essential for me to stand by your side. It is essential for me to keep bearing fruit. It is a must that I keep becoming and sharing with you the heart of the Father. It is a must to help you get to your destiny. It's a must that I overcome. It's a must that I kick the devil right in the tail. It is a must to win. It is a must to bear fruit. It is a must. It's, it's for your benefit. I'm going to stay. I choose to stay. Are you ready? I'm not just staying for me. I'm staying for us. So come on now. Come on now. Let's be who we're called to be. Let's finish. Let's finish. Let's finish. We're finishers with long life, long life. Why? Why? Why does God want you to have long life? To bear fruit. Remember John 15? He says, I've chosen you to do what? Bear fruit. I've chosen you to influence people. I've chose you to be the best you you can be and to develop everything I've placed on the inside of you to influence people for the kingdom. 
long life. Why? Because other people are counting on you running your race. Other people are counting on you to finish. Other people are counting on you to be every single thing God has called and created you to be. People are not counting on you to take up space. They are counting on you to run your race. They are counting on you to bear fruit. Like Paul, they are counting on you to influence for the glory of God. Now, are you with me? Now let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Now answering these questions, you hear people misquote this scripture a lot because they... You've, you've probably heard this before. It's appointed for everyone to die. Now, now let's look at what it says in verse 27. It says, and as it is appointed for men to die once. But after this, the judgment. It is appointed for men to die once. In other words, if Jesus does not come back, we're all going to die Right? But it's not saying that you have an appointment to die at age 20 and you have an appointment to die at age 30 and you have an appointment to die at age 40. Once again, you're not waiting on a number. No, God promises long life, long life, long life, it says. But at one point in time, if Jesus doesn't come back for all of us at one time, He says every one of us are going to die once. Okay? Remember, remember, a thousand years is like a day. We're finishers because we've got a couple hours from God's perspective. So if God decides to wait another minute in His perspective, that's half a year. If He decides to wait for half a day, what is that, 500 years? But I'm thankful. You know, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says He's long-suffering towards us because he doesn't want anybody to perish I'm thankful that he waited for you and I to come into the kingdom before he came back right so like Oral Roberts used to say he says live like Jesus is coming back today but work like he's not coming back for a thousand years that's a finishing mindset that's a finishing mindset amen go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 Long life. With long life I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. With long life I will satisfy and show them my salvation. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 and verses 2. To everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. Notice this. A time. A time to be born and a time to die. To everything there is a season. A season is not 3 o'clock on Tuesday. Season is a season. It's a period of time. It, it, it's it's the, like there's a, there's a grace period, a time, a time to be born and a time to die. To everything there is a season. A season. Go with me to Job chapter 5, verse 26. You can just look up at the screen. Verse 26 says, You shall come to your grave in ripe old age, and as a stalk of grain goes up to the threshing floor in its Season. I'm going to read it again. You shall come to your grave in a ripe old age. And as a stalk of grain goes up to the threshing floor in its season. In other words, it's saying just how a stalk of grain grows and it matures and it becomes and then it's harvested. You don't harvest the stalk before the kernel's even done what it's created to do. No, you plant the seed, it has an assignment, it has a purpose just like you and I, and it grows and it becomes and it comes to maturity and it fulfills its purpose and then after it's fulfilled its purpose and it's ripe, then harvest takes place. He says that's the same way you and I are, that it isn't God's will. He doesn't need another little kernel in heaven. He doesn't need another little baby in heaven. God promises a long life. And he doesn't chop it off when it just barely pokes out of the ground. It isn't God's will that we get out of here at 20 or we get out of here at 30 or we get out of here at 40 or we get out of here at 50 or we get out of here at 60 with a long life. And I know this can disturb some people and I can hear questions going off on the inside of you. People die early for all kinds of reasons. We're, 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 I'm, I'm not going that direction. But there's all kinds of different reasons why people 
leave early. And we're going to answer some of these. But if that's happened to you, if that's happened to you, don't get mad at God. If you have a family member that's left early, don't, don't you get mad at God. The devil wants you to be offended at God. He wants you to shut your Bible. He wants you to quit praying. He wants you to walk away. He wants you to get so focused on, well, how come? How come they died earlier? I feel robbed or I feel like my, they were taken. I, that, do not get mad at God. His promise to us, and if that happened to them, we all have family members. We all know people that this is the case. But this is God speaking to you. Instead of looking outward like this and getting, well, how come and why and then, uh, what is God saying to you? He's saying, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. But you've got to take it. You've got to receive it. You've got to lay hold of it for you. You can't let what somebody's experience or what somebody's opinion is or what somebody's theory is determine the will of God. What determines the will of God? The Word of God. The Word of God reveals the will of God for you and for me. And so we've got to reel it in. You don't know what was in that person's life. You don't know what was in their heart. You, you don't know what the Spirit of God was trying to do. He's trying to warn, trying to direct, trying to guide. We don't know that. But what is God saying to you? He's saying, live long. He's saying, run your race. Finish, finish. That's what God wants for you and I. Let's keep going. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 17. Now here you see some things that will cause a person's life to be shortened. Ecclesiastes 7, 17, it says, Although all have sinned, but not wicked over much or willfully, neither be foolish. Notice this, it says, Be not wicked over much or willfully, neither be foolish. Why should you die before your time? So we see that wickedness and foolishness will cause a person to die before their time. It isn't God. Somebody's out, they're, they're driving drunk and they die. That isn't God taking them. That was foolish, and they died. Somebody dies with a needle in their arm. It's not God taking them. That was foolish, and they died. If I can feel res some resistance right in here, and, and you know, one, one guy said they were having a meeting at the power plant, and the power plant, they kept saying, well, you know, it sure seems like a... A lot of people are getting hurt, and God's taking a lot of them. And one guy spoke up, and he says, One thing I've realized is that if these guys, they obey the safety rules, God doesn't take near as many. <laughs> Just because somebody dies, see, we have the mindset, most of the time in church circles, people have the mindset that, it, that we have no say-so. Right. That I can step out in front of a train, and if it's not my time, then I'm not going to go. Not so. It says... If you're foolish and wicked, you're going to die early. Let's go on. Psalm 55, verse 23. But you, O God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days. But I will trust and lean on, confidently rely on you. So you see right here, the way they lived caused their life to be shortened. So he says, wickedness shortens a life. Foolishness shortens a life. Remember, Jesus tells us, he says, there's two types of people here tonight. He says, one, they're hearing the word and they're doing the word. And I liken to this person as a, as a wise person who built their house upon the rock. They dug deep and they got a strong foundation because they're hearing and they're doing. Say, that's me. That's me. And not in this church, but in some, somewhere, he said, there's another type of person, they're hearing the word and they're not doing the word and that's a foolish person. And they're building their life upon the sand and when the floods come and the storms come and the rain come, great is their fall, great is their destruction. Why? Because they're acting foolishly. So foolishness and wickedness and the way we live can shorten our life. But let's look at what can lengthen our life. You ready for that? Let's, let's, let's look at that. What can lengthen our life? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. My son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life worth living and tranquility, inward and outward, and continuing through old age till death, those shall they add to you. 
So he says, continuing in the Word of God adds to you. Continuing in the Word of God, receiving the Word of God, lengthens your days. What lengthens our days? Receiving the Word, hearing the Word, accepting the Word, doing the Word. What lengthens our days? Living the Word. What lengthens our days? Living the Word. What lengthens our days? Living the Word. Living the Word. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life shall be many. The years of our life shall be many. If we do what? If we hear the word and receive the word, years of our life shall be a little bit? Many. Many. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning, the chief and choice part of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight and understanding. For by me, the wisdom from God, your days shall be multiplied. And the years of your life shall be increased. Your days shall be multiplied and the years of your life shall be increased. Your days shall be multiplied and your years of your life shall be increased. Your days shall be multiplied and the years of your life shall be increased. How? By the wisdom of God. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 27. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord prolongs our days, but the years of the wicked shall be made short. Again, the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord prolongs one day's. Prolongs one day. God promises short life or long life? Long life. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. With long life, he says uh, right here, the reverent, worshipful fear of the Lord prolongs one day's, but the years of the wicked shall be made short. This isn't God making them short. This is the ways of the wicked make them short. You with me? Go back to Philippians chapter 1. With long life. 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 Now do you think theologians nowadays would have got on to Paul? Whenever he began to explain to them, you know, I've got a choice to make right here. Hmm. I can choose to stay here. What's going to happen if I change, stay here? I want to bear fruit. Well, man, I can choose to go be with the Lord, and that's gain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It says, I made my decision. I'm convinced. Remember what, it, remember what he's saying right here? I'm convinced. I'm going to stay here, right. and we're going to kick tail together. Yes. I, I'm going to stay here, and we're going to learn together, and we're going to grow together, and we're going to be all that God has called and created us to be together. I'm going to stay here because it's going to benefit you. I'm going to stay here because it's going to help you. I'm going to stay here because it's going to support your faith and it's going to increase your faith and and, and we're going to make a difference together. I'm going to stay here. Remember he made that decision because he he wasn't satisfied. See, when he went inward, he realized that he wasn't completely fulfilled on the inside. With long life, I will satisfy I'll satisfy. Live until you're satisfied. Are you satisfied? I'm not talking about being lazy and checking out. Until you're satisfied. You know when you go in your heart, you know I've accomplished everything God's put me here on this earth to do. I'm not satisfied. we got too much to do. But then you can fast forward some years. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you your salvation. Second Timothy chapter 4. You fast forward some years here. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Verse 5 in the New King James, it says, But you be watchful in all things and endure afflictions. He, he's, he's imparting this into Timothy. He says, You be watchful in all things and endure afflictions. Do the work of an, of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. In other words, Timothy, you do every single thing you're created to do. 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says, endure hardship like a good soldier. In other words, you have an assignment, but you've got to have a soldier mentality. You're only here for a couple of hours, remember? 
Anybody can give it all they got for a couple of hours. Remember, I, I remember it wasn't too long ago. I can remember going to the playground as a little kid in elementary school. And then you go to junior high. And the next thing you know, you're learning to drive. And then you go to high school. And then you go to college. And, and life goes faster the older you get, right? I remember as a little kid, you used to think, golly, is this day ever going to get over? And now it's like, where, what, where did it go? And so Paul's telling Timothy... Timothy, I need you to think like a soldier. Remember how I I made a decision, Timothy, that I wasn't going to check out of here early even though I could have? But I knew there was more. And you, you going inward and realizing there are people attached to you, so develop that gift. There, there are people attached to you. You be all that God's called you to be. There are people attached to you. You believe God for what He's placed on the inside of you. There are people attached to you, so don't you sit on your backside and go through the motions and just punch a clock. No, you have a purpose, and you have an assignment, and you have vision, and there's something that God has put you on this earth to do, so get to doing it. Get, get to becoming, get to producing fruit is what Paul is saying. Produce the fruit. And he tells Timothy, okay, fulfill all your ministry. Ministry is not just the fivefold offices of ministry. You have a ministry right where you're at. That is your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. He goes on and says, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure, you see, you can hear the joy in his heart because he's satisfied. He's complete. The time of my departure is at hand. Like when you're at the airport and you're waiting to get on that plane because you're headed to to Hawaii or somewhere like that. The time of my departure, glory to God, it is getting close. And this is what Paul is saying, because I'm satisfied. The time of my departure is at hand, and I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, now, now listen, picture, picture what he's saying here. He had a decision years ago to he could have gone to be with the Lord, but he wasn't satisfied. So now he's at this place and he's fixing to pass the baton. And he's saying, Timothy, come on now. I need you. I need you to focus. I need your eyes right here. I need your heart. I need you listening, not with these paddles right here, but I need you listening with your heart. Timothy, I've left it all on the table. Everything, ship busted up, we're finishing Beating, I'm not done yet. God promised me a long life. A long life, he's going to satisfy me and show me his salvation. I wasn't finished yet. This is what I've done. Timothy, this is what I've done. Glory to God, my departure is coming. I consented in my spirit. I've made my decision. My time, my time has come. I finished my race. I finished it. When I was supposed to go here, I finished it. When I was supposed to pray for this person, I finished it. When I was supposed to start this church, I finished it. When I was supposed to blaze this trail, I finished it. When I was supposed to pull myself up on my bootstraps, I finished it. I finished it. I finished it. I finished it. Glory to God, I know everything in me. It is finished. It's finished, it's finished. He said, Timothy, <laughs> Timothy, I fought. I fought when my feet hit the floor, every devil in hell knew. Oh, there's Paul, there's Paul. I fought the good fight. They tried to take me out this time, and they tried to take me out this time, and they tried to take me out this time, but I wasn't finished. God promised me a long life. I wasn't satisfied. <laughs> I finished, I finished, I fought, I fought, I fought. I fought the good fight. The good fight is I won. Timothy, I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. Glory to God. One day at a time, I kept the faith. One moment at a time, I kept the faith. That time I thought I was a goner, but I kept the faith. And I believed God. And from the inside out, the resurrection power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, quickened my mortal body. Glory to God. I kept the faith because I had more to do. I kept the faith because I had fruit to produce. I kept the faith because there's people's eternal destiny depending on me keeping the faith. Glory to God, Timothy. I finished. I finished. I finished. And he goes on. And he says, finally, finally, glory to God, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to to me on that day. In other words, he says, these, these, these rewards that I've, uh, God showed me, that, that he's, he's revealed to us, these rewards that I'm going to have for eternity, he's going to give to me on that day, and not me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Long life with long life with long life. Why? Because people need you to live long. Not to take up space, not to suck oxygen. 
but to be you. Go with me to Psalms 92. We're getting ready to close right here. Psalms 92. With long life. Psalms 92. Long life. See, you you don't have to to die with your mind gone. You don't have to die some old, mean, bitter person, senile, crabby, crusty, crotchy. That don't have to be you. Right? You don't have to die with all your money gone. You don't, that, that's not you. Say, that's not me. That's me. Listen to some of these while you're going to Psalms 92. Moses, De- Deuteronomy 34, 7. Moses was 120 years old when he died. And his eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished, or his natural forces abated. Abraham, Genesis 25, verse 8, 175 years old. Then he breathed his last last and died in good old age, an old man and satisfied, satisfied. One translation said old and rich. <laughs> David, First Chronicles 29, 28, he died at a good old age, full and satisfied with days, riches, and honor. Satisfied, satisfied. Are you satisfied? What does it look like for you to be satisfied? Where are you going to be satisfied? What are you doing to be satisfied? Is it a book you're writing to be satisfied? Is it a business you're starting to be satisfied? Is it a ministry calling that you, you need to receive and accept and get in the game to be satisfied? What is it for you to be satisfied? God says, I promise you long life, long life, to satisfy you with a long life, long life, long life, long life, and to show you my salvation in this long life. Psalms 92, verse 12. In the Amplified, it says, The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. Say fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible, planted in the house of the Lord. They shall flourish in the courts of our God, growing in grace, growing in grace. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Still you bring forth fruit in old age. Say, that's me. They shall be full of sap, not full of... You know but full of sap, of spiritual vitality, and rich in verdure of trust, love, contentment. They, they are living memorials. Have you ever thought of yourself as a living memorial? That you're a, a living memorial, a memorial of God's goodness, a memorial of God's wealth, a memorial of God's health, of a memorial of God's joy, a memorial of, of God's victory? You are a living memorial, old and a memorial. To show that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promises. He's my rock. There's no unrighteousness in Him. Psalms 91, verse 16. With long life will I satisfy Him and show Him my salvation.